0: You're listening to the Iterators of the Imperium. Hi, I'm Mess and I'm here with my co-host Ryan. And you're listening to Season 2 of the Iterators of the Imperium podcast, the podcast in which Ryan is the expert on Warhammer 40k, and I'm the noob trying to learn about the Warhammer universe. But before we get into it, we do have a Patreon you guys can check out if you want to support the podcast. We also have a Discord where you can get in touch with us and have fun with our Warhammer community. But yeah, let's re- let's get into it, Ryan. So, what is today's topic? Ah,
1: man, you know how this goes. We've done this for a while now. We're going. Yeah, to I, n- I know.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, for the listeners, there's a reason why i sound sad when I say this. It's because I never get it. <laughs> I never get the answer.
1: So <sighs> disheartened by these quotes.
0: Yes, but play it on me, Ryan. I am ready. <laughs> All right.
1: <clears throat> Lucky creatures, at long last, you have found the tranquility of death. I was like you once, clinging to life and blind to the truth. When I uncovered the truth, I too shuddered and paled with fear. Deep in these catacombs, I was remade. Here, my brethren slumbered for eons, while the living grew like weed. My lord knew this day would come. He had plans for us all. We would purge this world once more. So come, poor victims of life. We will grant you tranquility in these crypts. Kronos will be a tomb world once more. Hmm. That is the best reading of one of these quotes I've ever done. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I like it. You put effort into it. I I did. I I tried. I I thought I should amp up a bit for you, you know? Yeah. But hey, okay. So
0: there's some stuff that I noticed, right? Right. It's somebody talking like they are a deity themselves.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, Yeah,
0: that's fair. Yeah. But I don't recognize one of the chaos gods. <laughs> right, right, okay. Um, right track so far. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But that's about what happened. <laughs> 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 but but it, 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 it's an important character apparently. Like I can hear that in the way. Obviously, you won't quote lesser, uh, less characters. You know, um, y- you want like the big figures in in different arts. Yeah. but I'm not. I'm not too sure who this could be. It's definitely someone who regards himself as like a high, what what, what do we say, Ryan? What do we say? Just, like a high just,
1: being. Yes, I just, or at the very least, views the others as lesser creatures. Who would
0: do that?
1: Well, like, for example, the Eldar view humans as a lesser race. Right, yeah, that's that's the yeah. thing. So there are actually quite a few races in 40k that look at other races like they're lesser. Humanity weirdly doesn't. They just think of aliens as scum. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't like better yeah, but... than you. We just fucking hate you.
0: Yeah, but in this situation, we're talking about a snob. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, I think that type of mentality comes with age, because like the Eldar view the humanity as lesser but they're also like children to them because they've been around for so much longer than them you know so I think age gives you that kind of mentality towards things
0: so is somebody is someone a race that gets very very old
1: or a race that has existed since long before the others I don't know why I'm
0: thinking in the way of some Necrons or some shit
1: oh
0: Wait, what? You got it? Is that right? <laughs>
1: it's fucking oh! Necrons.
0: All right, let's
1: go. I know they're old.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah the I know that. Oldest
1: living race. Well, yeah. living is questionable, but... <laughs> they yeah, they have problems. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got it. Yo, let's get it. Let's yeah, go. I thought you'd get this one. I was, I was pretty confident, because we've talked about the Necrons, like, little bits here and there, but we also did, like, a big episode on them mm-hmm. right near the start with the War in Heaven. And I think yeah. that they're, like, such a distinctive thing that, like... Because they even use a... So, the, the last line of it is, Cronus will be a tomb world once more. And tomb worlds are the Necron worlds. So, like, if you'd picked up on that, that would have been an easy tip-off. But we haven't, yeah, like I, gone I, into the Necron <laughs> yet, so why would you? Why would you?
0: I mean, to be fair, though, I picked up on some stuff, like uh, them speaking highly of themselves. Yes, that was where I was like, all right, so he's talking about a deity, one of the Chaos Cards, maybe, because we haven't covered all of them, I think, but no. no. Then you're talking about the worshipping and stuff. i like, but they can't worship themselves. What am I all about? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I got it. Let's go. Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah, we're talking about the fucking Necron today. Hope you're buzzing for that, man. These guys are yeah. cool as hell. And luckily, because they're not alive, it's not very disgusting. So you'll be, you'll be okay today. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So, as you know, the Necron are a humanoid race. So, you know, two arms, two legs, all that shit. The usual. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the moment, they are made of living metal. Uh, And obviously, like we said, they are, like, the most ancient race still in the galaxy. Uh, I suppose you could argue that the Catan that are still alive might... Or not, well, that are in shards are older. But they're all usually, like trapped in something at this point so i don't know if they count and no and as far as remaining old ones possibly the emperor <laughs> that's the one i like to go with but
0: yeah no, we, we take it from like the with the majority can we say that the majority
1: yes all right aye. Yeah. In, in an active sense the necron are the only actually ancient still active race
0: yeah yeah
1: so that's fun so, yeah, like I said, we discussed this in season one when we covered the war in heaven, but I figure we should go over it a little bit because we ended the war in heaven thing without really looking at the Necron after the war in heaven because, you know, it wasn't relevant to the story. We were more looking at like the the old one side of it when we covered the war in heaven rather than looking at the Necron side of it um, yeah. because the old one's side of that story is the one that continues forward to lead on humanity and everything since they seeded humanity and the Eldar and the Orcs and all these other life forms. Or the Crocs, I should say. So we were really looking at that side. So this time, we're going to cover it a little bit again. It'll be much shorter than it was the first time. But, because uh, it's not so much about the war, it's more about just the Necron storyline, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, as you may or may not remember, the Necron tier are what the necron used to be when they were a living race they for some reason ditched the last three letters of their name after that i don't know why <laughs> uh it seems like a weird choice to make to me but i've never really thought about it until right now
0: <laughs> some pilot, sometimes you just once change right <laughs> that's it
1: yeah uh so the necron deer homeworld was totally decimated by like solar winds and radiation storms because it had a really shitty sun <laughs> Uh, And that caused the bodies of the Necron to become poisoned and damaged and kind of worn down. So they didn't live very long. They had really short lifespans. But they were incredibly technologically advanced, but they couldn't really do anything about their damaged bodies because it was like, on a genetic level, it had wrecked them. So the whole species was always going to have these issues. But... If they were able to get away from their sun, there's a chance they would be able to, like, breed it out, basically, (laughs) over time. (laughs) So they were also incredibly technologically advanced and used their technology to start conquering other planets so they could get away from their shitty homeworld sun. Uh, And sometime around this point, when they were out conquering planets and things like that, they met the old ones. And they asked the Old Ones to teach them the secret to long life, because Old Ones were functionally immortal, as far as we know. So they were like, look, teach us how to do this. Give us give us your secret. We'll trade whatever you want for it. And the Old Ones basically just went, nah, we're good, and just left. Yeah. <laughs> just abandoned them to their nonsense. <laughs> so around this point, though, the dynasties that make up the different factions within the Akron society got into, like, wars to try and take over, right? Uh, It's called the War of Secession. And Mm -hmm. it was just, it was genuinely just a civil war between Eldar, uh, not Eldar, between Necron dynasties. And it was basically tearing the race apart from the inside while they were already being torn apart from the inside by disease and stuff like that. (laughs) So the Triarch, which is the governing body for the Necrons, right? These are, like, the High Council kind of people, uh, only the only person above them is the Silent King, by the way, who is just the king of the Necrons. But the Triarch were like, look, we need to figure out how to get everyone on the same page, but there's nothing everyone feels strong enough about to unify us. So what we need is an outside threat to unify everyone. So we need an enemy that's of a large enough scale that we can be like, they're the problem, and turn everyone against them, and get everyone on the same page here. So they used the old ones, because they were still kind of effed off about them not helping out. Mm-hmm. So, they turned the entire Necron race against the old ones, and started the war in heaven. Yeah. Telling you now, everything happened to them, entirely their own fault. But, that aside... <laughs> uh, so... War in Heaven begins. It is the bloodiest war that the galaxy has ever seen, right? And that's, like, up like, even up to, like, the 42nd millennia, nothing has been even close to the War in Heaven's level of, like, destruction. They were, like, Wait, blo- what? Yeah, they were, like, taking out suns and everything. It, it was, like, whole star systems were wiped clean and everything. It was nuts.
0: You mean, I mean, and you have told me it was a massacre or well, massacre, but like, massacre, uh, massacre. I That's can't the say one. It. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, but
1: I I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bloodiest war ever seen in the galaxy. Huh. Yeah. Like <laughs> insane. Because you got to remember that uh, that current day, right? The Necron are like a fraction of the number of them that there were back then, obviously, because that was the heyday for their empire. That was when they were like at their highest right at their peak. Yeah. And now, obviously just a fraction of them still survive. But if they all woke up at once from their, from their grace or from a long sleep or what we call it uh, from their cryostasis, they would match humanity in numbers, except every one of them is a warrior. And that's not the case with humanity. No. Right? And humanity is in the trillions per planet half the time. So oh. imagine how many Necron tear there were before the war in heaven.
0: Oh. And God. there's
1: and a fraction surviving is enough to match humanity's numbers now. Right? Yeah. That <laughs> that's the level of bloodshed we're talking about here. Yep. Right? That's a whole nother level. Yeah! So, the Necrons found something during this war, right? They were kind of getting their asses kicked, by the way. The here were pretty bad at <laughs> fighting the old ones in a, in a lot of ways. But they found something during this time. They found an entity, a bodiless entity, I should say, eating energy from a star. So this was the Catan, which we have mentioned before, the Star Gods. So they worked for the Catans, and they built them bodies out of the living metal, and then the Catan joined the war against the Old Ones, on the side of the Necron, obviously. And yeah. then a Catan known as Mephitran approached uh, Sarzek. Oh, wait, no. Hold on, how do you pronounce this? I, I always pronounce this wrong, give me a second.
0: Oh, don't ask me. I don't know how to sorry. pronounce Massacre. Right, sorry. Uh, massacre. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Katan known as Mithatran, approached the Silent King, Zarek, uh, with an offer of immortality with no price, right? He put it across like it was like, look, we're on the same side in this war. We need everyone alive for as long as possible. So we'll teach you how to make your entire race immortal so that we can win this war. So the Silent King... He's like, Look, we need to think about this. I can't make this decision for everyone. So he goes to the high council and is like, Look, this is the deal we've been offered, right? Mm-hmm. And for a year, they debate this. And everyone is in agreement except for one person. Only one person argues against it. So in the end, they agree because only one person's against this. So everyone else is for it. Let's do it. Thus, biofurnaces were built, right? And all of the Necron-tier were forced into the bio-furnaces, like cattle. Oh,
0: yeah, it comes back to me now. You've we, we talked yeah. about this before.
1: So the yeah. furnaces burned off the necron tier bodies <laughs> and put their consciousness into living metal bodies, effectively yeah. providing immortality. <laughs> mm-hmm. The thing is that all of the kind of, I guess, rank and file, the general civilians, rather than like high-ranking members of society and stuff the bodies were lower quality because of a lack of materials. So they lost their consciousness and intellect. So, like, they were essentially an automaton (laughs) (laughs) now. But the thing is, when they burned off the bodies and everything, the Catan were just there devouring the life force and souls of the Necron Deer as they were burned, which powered up the Catan massively because it was just a huge meal it guards themselves on. Mm-hmm. Now, the Silent King then realized the mistake he had made, because he realized that they had lost their souls in the process, and that they had basically been duped by mephitran, which, by the way, is it translates as The Deceiver. <laughs> His name translates as The Deceiver, I love that. I don't know if that's like, the Necron call him that, and that's the translation, or if it's like... His name was the deceiver the whole time and just no one decided to doubt him.
0: I think it's the first option. Yeah, Otherwise I think it would so be too. very stupid. <laughs> I think it's a story. Th- th- them telling the story, they're definitely going for option two.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair actually, yeah. Anyone you could ask that was around at the time is definitely claiming it's the second option. Yep. Yeah. So, because of his realisation of the betrayal that they had suffered, uh, The Silent King basically just started to hate the Catan, and it started to grow rapidly. But they were still at a point where we're in a war, we need to win first, then I'll deal with these guys. Because they're on my side at the moment, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So the second part of the War in Heaven begins with the Necron and the Catan fighting side by side. They were able to push the Old Ones to the brink of extinction, which led to the Old Ones seeding life with strong links to the warp. So, like... Uh, the Eldar and the orcs and stuff like that they went out of their way to make ones like that that had stronger links to the warp because the warp was like an anathema to the Catan so it was like a weakness to them so it's, yeah. it's the only way you could really fight them effectively so they started doing that and the Eldar obviously joined the side of the old ones and gave them a bit more of a fighting chance but then the there, there's a Catan known as the Burning One I believe it is or the Burned One Uh, who showed them the way to break into the webways. So they were able to attack the old ones in their safe zone, in their, like, fortresses. And that really put them on the back foot. And then at the same time, because of the war and them using the warp the way they were and everything like that, the first kind of malicious warp entities started to spawn. And they also started fighting (laughs) the, the old ones. So they really just got ground down from every angle. Until they were essentially just broken and scattered, and the old ones were basically no more. At this point, the Silent King has been plotting his like revenge against the Catan the entire time. <laughs> just waiting for the right opportunity. And once the old ones are defeated, because of the long scale, like the long warfare on such a large scale. He sees this is the time when the Catan are at their weakest. You know, they're tired. They've used up their energy fighting. So they attack. The Necron turn on the Catan. But because their bodies are living metal and they are essentially star gods, you can't just kill them. But they can shatter their bodies with enough damage into shards, which basically makes them able to be used rather than being able to do very much. Yeah. And thus the, the uh, Necron started using Catan shards for stuff. I'm pretty sure uh, a shard of the the burned one or the burning one uh, is in uh, the Silent King's, like, flagship. It's, like, in Great. his personal transport. They just use yeah. that to power it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good energy source, Ryan. Come on. It is, yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of them like that that are really funny. Um... There's a thing where a uh, the, the Mechanicus may actually be worshipping a shard of one of the <laughs> one of the katan. Uh, yeah, that's a whole thing. Um and there was one found on a planet that uh, Trays in the infinite tried to uh, like he went to this planet because something weird was going on, and he found this shard after like a big war took place over it, and then he just took it back, so it's just a shard of one of them sitting in his vault now.
0: <laughs> of course, of course, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I, ha- I-, I have a question, Ryan. Yeah. Hypothetically, this is Noob speaking. By the Noob speaking, by the way, uh, could you use a Catan shard to charge your phone?
1: <laughs> Probably, yeah. You need to like install a USB port, but yeah, you'd be good. I suppose wireless charging. Yeah, you'd be fine. Yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, to be fair, how how strong they are, they could ch- charge the world. Come on, let's go.
1: <laughs> I, I saw this picture a few weeks ago, and it's some guy has uh, he's got like a power cable that like plugs into a wall. And then he's cut it like midway, like half, like just a bit away along. And then he's joined on a chart, like a USB charging cable, straight onto like a wall socket plug. And then he's yeah. plugged his phone to. It, turns it on, and the charge percentage on it immediately goes up to like forty-one thousand eight hundred twelve percent. And then the phone just like there's a puff of smoke, and it's just like, ah, oh, fuck, just yeets it uh, across the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's what would happen. But there's other things you could do. The you could use it to I don't know, charge your uh, war plate if you're a space marine, I suppose.
0: Yeah, or spaceships. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what maybe Silent King does. Maybe, yeah, I was about to say maybe it it charges the whole
1: thing or keeps it running. Yeah, why know. So yeah, they're a Necron. Sorry, a Catan shard is an incredibly useful thing. Who knows what bullshit you can do with it? I imagine that the uh, Mechanicus would probably try and make a toaster out of it. Oh, those toaster memes, by the way, with the Mechanicus. That's that's the oh, running f- meme with them. Just so you know. God sakes, I, I believe they have sex with toasters. Is the joke? Something yeah, like that. Some ex- I
0: can see some explicit uh, kitchen pictures coming up on the Discord soon. <laughs>
1: That's just what we need. (laughs) Alright, so, with the Catan defeated, and the Silent King saw that the Necron's time was over, for now at least, right? Because they were so badly damaged, their society was kind of in tatters and things like that. So it was like, right, now is not the time for the Necron. We've got to, like, step out of the way and let the next guys have their turn. And that was obviously going to be the Eldar. The Eldar would be the next ones to take up the role of, like, galactic conquerors. Right? Yeah. But the thing is, mortal races, their time passes. They only live so long, you know? So Mm -hmm. the plan was let's just step back, let them have their time, and then we'll come back and just do our thing again, you know? So
0: they can outlive everything, so.
1: That's exactly (laughs) it. Yeah, we may as well just take our time. So the Silent King ordered that every uh, Necron city be turned into a mass tomb. So the planets were like hollowed out and turned into tomb worlds, uh, full of stasis crypts. So it's ju- it is just a stasis tube. It just holds you in a suspended animation. Yeah. And they would stay there. They would sleep for 60 million years. Every member of the Necron race for 60 million years in planets hollowed out into tomb worlds all across the galaxy. Now, after he ordered this, the Silent King then destroyed the command codes, which were... It was essentially codes that allowed him to control the entire Necron race at once as, like, an automaton army. So he got rid of that. So they all had free will again, basically. Um, And he also chose not to sleep, but instead to wander the universe in a form of, like, penance. Like, I don't deserve to sleep because I did this to them, kind of thing. Yeah. Now... We skip forward. I assume about sixty million years to uh, the year seven hundred and forty-four of Millennia Forty-One. Right, the mm-hmm. Silent King returned to, from the intergalactic void because he met the Tyranids in in the space between galaxies. Oh right, and he realised what a threat they were. So he decided yeah. now was the time to awaken the, the Necron. <laughs> we like his people need to come back now because these things are bastards, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're probably the only ones that can actually defeat them. Because, well, what are the Tyranids going to do to them? They're not made of biomass, so they have no interest in them. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes. He starts a journey across the galaxy to awaken the Tomb worlds. Now there's an interesting thing he doesn't um he doesn't let people know he's the king I don't know why exactly I don't know what his reasoning is behind it but he basically like manipulates things from the shadows he has like his praetorian guard like his honor guard go and do stuff for him and he like manipulates like the lower lords of society and stuff to achieve his goals Because for some reason he doesn't want to, like, announce that he's the king and, like, let people know. I I assume there's a good reason behind that. I just don't know what it is. Maybe he's tired of the spotlight, Ryan. Who knows? Well, I see, so part of what I think is I think he basically doesn't want to be the king anymore. Or he doesn't want people looking at him as if he's the king anymore. Because Because of of sections. Exactly, yeah. So I think like as a like he's basically just resigned himself to I don't deserve to be their king. So if I turn up and I'm like, well I'm the king and I'm trying to fix everything now, well, is that his right anymore? Ken, does he have any right to be the one trying to fix things? Yeah. But so he's try I think he's trying to do it without ever actually being the king, if you get what I mean. I think that's the idea behind it, but I don't know for sure.
0: I do actually like that, like, you know, he made the fuck up, so he, he you know, he takes the responsibility of it, oh well. Yeah. I mean, he kind of g- g- hides away from it, you know. In a <laughs> which, sense, yeah. With my, which might not be the right way to do
1: it, but I do like the accountability. Yeah, it know? seems like he's trying to put things right without, like, gaining any kind of praise for his actions. You know, if you do it from the shadows and you get like all the tomb worlds awakened again and defeat the tyrannids and take the galaxy back, all without anyone knowing you're the king and just manipulating people to do it, well, then I guess you can say you've you have you know fixed the issue you caused, but also you were never like worshipped for it or praised for it or anything. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I suppose that's the mentality behind it, but it could be something totally different. Maybe he's just bored. It,
0: it, it's like somebody who does it like a, an anonymous uh, donation. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to do good,
1: but I don't want to be praised for it. That, uh, yeah, that's basically the way I'm thinking uh, thinking about him. So interestingly, some tomb worlds had already awoken on their own because they they didn't all wake up at the same time. Some of them can't wake up. Some of them woke up early for whatever reason, like. For example, what if a random, I don't know, conquesting crew of humans finds the actual tombs and accidentally wakes them up? That's a thing that can happen. So then you've got a planet of Necron that are back alive, but it's like 400 years too early. (laughs) Shit like that. So that kind of stuff happens. Or defects. If the planet goes through some kind of turmoil and the systems are damaged, they might never wake up. Or they might wake up instantly. Stuff like that. So, some of them have woken up at different times than others, which is interesting. So, there's already a few awake that haven't been awoken by the Silent King. Yeah. So, at the moment, there are actually a few leaders, like actual Necron leaders, that are already at large. So, you've got people like uh, Anrakar Oh, no. Anrakir? 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 Uh, the Traveler, who is currently basically waging a crusade across the galaxy. You've got Emotech, the Storm Lord, and you've got Nemes Arcetic. Who he's quite a recent one. He turned up short, like a little bit after the uh, the Fall Acadia stuff, because he's he's uh, involved in Araman's storyline. Who is one of uh, we've covered. Ar- we've mentioned Araman in the past, actually. Yeah, we mentioned him in the nonsense episode, um, <laughs> but they accidentally find. Setek, the actual leader of his entire dynasty, and lead him back to his own people, and let him free them by accident. So you know, there's a few of them that are around and doing shit now, which is cool. But you've also got big characters like Trays in the Infinite and the Silent King himself, who are all rolling around. So there is quite a an array of Necron roaming the galaxy now. Yeah. And, interestingly, with the formation of the Great Rift, so, you know, the tear in the galaxy caused by the Fall Acadia, the Necron have begun to kind of accelerate their plans and have now set up a thing called the Pariah Nexus, right? There's, like, a whole section of space that they have set up their Blackstone pylons all over, so there's just, like, a whole nexus in space that doesn't have a link to the warp anymore. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like that's excellent. I love that. Just like you know, we're gonna turn off your magic. Fuck you guys. So that yeah, they're they are genuinely setting about shit now. They are really going for it. I like to think that the Silent King's entire plan is just to kill off the Tyranids. I, I think that or I like to think that the reason he came back after finding the Tyranids is that he realized they weren't a threat to his people. But his people would be the only ones able to be a threat to them in the long run. And I think maybe he's gained some kind of respect for life in general. So, like, okay, if you're my enemy, I'll still kill you. But at the same time, my entire race was wiped out voluntarily. And now we're all just this because of me. Why would I let another race be wiped out like that, if you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if it's something like that, and actually he's like, he's trying to awaken the Necron to act as like a guardian for the galaxy against the Terranids. I don't think that's what it'll be, but I like the concept. It's a cool concept. Yeah, but I don't think yeah. it's that. <laughs> it's that's way too friendly. <laughs>
0: yes, for Warhammer, yes.
1: <laughs> no, no, his plan has to involve like feeding someone their own testicles for it to be Warhammer.
0: For God's sake, right? it
1: does. You just had to go there, didn't you? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, Necron troops, yeah? Mm-hmm. You down for this? Alright, so the main bulk of the Necron race are now made up of what's called Necron warriors, right? They're just your rank and file soldiers. But they still have living metal bodies, so like a normal bullet or a LAS shot from a LAS gun will just reflect off of them It won't actually harm them. So, you know, really fucking difficult to fight. And they typically wield a weapon called a Goss Flare, which essentially just strips things apart, atom by atom, until nothing is left. So that's fun. So yeah. you can shoot a person, they'll get torn apart, shoot a tank, it'll peel it apart, whatever. It doesn't matter what you shoot with it, it'll peel it apart. Very effective. Very Critical effective. damage. <laughs> He's good.
0: He's good. <laughs> uh,
1: and interestingly, found this really fun, right? So, see if you're like a Necron warrior and you get promoted to become like a bodyguard for one of the lords, right? Uh-huh. The rank you get promoted to is called a lich guard, right? Uh-huh. And lich, if you go from Necron warrior to lich guard, they actually upgrade your body. So that you regain Wait, some of your intellect and stuff. Well, the only reason they had shitty versions of the Living Metal Bodies is because they had limited resources. But yeah, now so they're they not gave, in a war. Gave, like, so...
0: Yeah, they gave like the higher ranks or
1: higher people like the best parts and the, the scraps were for the peasants. Exactly, yeah. It was unrefined stuff, you know, it wasn't very high quality. It was kinda it was like the difference between handcrafting something and then casting it out of like a forge. So you're like, yeah, these ones are all exactly the same and they're all, like, vaguely shit. <laughs> but they'll do for, like, Joe the fucking pencil sharpener. I don't know what, the, what yeah. jobs they had. Maybe sharpened pencils the whole thing. Yeah, aye. So uh, if you get promoted to Lich Guard, your body gets upgraded to suit. <laughs> Great. So that's fun, which I found cool. Uh, Lich Guards, just for the sake of explaining, because we're already here. Uh, are just immensely powerful warriors because their bodies are quite high quality compared to the standard. Uh, they wield a war scythe, typically, which is, is kind of like a halberd. It's like a pole arm with a blade at the end. Uh, but it has, like in every melee weapon in 40 k it has like an energy field around it that makes it able to cut through fucking anything. So it can cut through of tanks course. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but because of the same ener- energy field, it's also almost indestructible. So, that's fun. They're cool guys. Uh, But some of the Lich Guard choose to carry Hyper Swords and Dispersion Shields, which is a really cool concept, because they kind of look like proper old-school Roman warriors. So, uh, with a sword and a tower shield, it really fits the bill. But the sword... This one bewilders me. Apparently, it's an energy blade which vibrates across dimensions, allowing it to cut through basically anything. And I'm like, what the hell does that possibly mean? Cut? What? Can you repeat that? <laughs> it's an energy blade which vibrates across dimensions. Y- yes. I, I, I can't fathom what that possibly entails. I, I mean, I was just talking about water <laughs> bottle. I'm,
0: I'm like, could I cut through that? Yes, through that dimension. What does it mean, Ryan? Why is it so
1: overpowered? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not even sure if it is. It might be nonsense. so that confuses me but apparently that's what that does and the dispersion shield they carry with it uh, has the ability to project a force field to like protect from like explosions and incoming fire and stuff so very handy combo uh next we have the immortals so immortals are essentially just used as shock troops uh and they carry kind of heavier goss weapons or like tesla carbines a tesla weapon is just a weapon that fires electric arcs through enemies so you'll shoot one with like a lightning bolt and then it'll just strike to the next guy and the next guy and the next guy so you can take down like a whole squad with just one blast because it'll just ride through them all like shooting them yeah that's kind of cool
0: but i have a question for that is that inspired by real life uh well not you know (laughs) the 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 effect of the gun or the weapon I, i mean like in terms of like electric and tesla (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes i absolutely as yeah and like i'm not talking
0: about elon i'm not talking about elon and his tesla i'm no. literally talking about the tesla coil from, yeah you know. nikola tesla yes
1: exactly yeah all right. who, who by the way is possibly one of the coolest people from history uh, yeah um, he, he fell in love with a pigeon apparently oh interesting uh he was titled the man that invented the 21st century i mean well deserved yeah
0: he didn't get credit for his uh for what he did no he really <laughs> did he he did end up like like I said, falling in love with with a pigeon and uh, went crazy. We've so. all been there once or twice.
1: I've seen what? I've seen some beautiful pigeons in my day. Wait till you come to Scotland? You'll see our pigeons are beautiful. <laughs> all right, gotta stay away from that place. <laughs> Moving on rapidly, Necron Lords. So all right, ne- let's go. Necron lords are leaders, but they're under the overlord. The overlord is like the ruler of that entire section of the society. So your lords are like, um, it's like a captain under a general, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, Yeah, or like a first captain under a primarch. That's a good way to talk about it, right? So it's like, yeah, highest rank you can get without being the one in charge. But a Necron lord would still rule planets even though an overlord rules that whole sector or whatever. So they actually did hold quite a bit of power politically as well as, like, everything else. And they also just led armies into battle, because it was their army, basically. <laughs> and their bodies are of, like, basically the highest quality you can get, short of, like, the Silent King and stuff like that. They are incredible quality. And they typically wield a staff of light, which is it's kind of like a spear, right? So it's it's mm-hmm. similar to to the spear or to the halberd type ones that the the witch guard have but it draws energy from around them just from the air around them and stuff like that and unleashes it as uh, bolts of lightning. Uh and interestingly because it's drawing energy from around it obviously the most I guess apparent form of energy that's just generally surrounding things is heat because that's you know everything vibrates so, mm-hmm. because this thing is absorbing energy from around them, which could be light, heat, whatever, it will absorb all the heat around the around the wielder, meaning that the area around them is as cold as physically possible. So if a human were to charge one of the Necron Lords, as soon as they got close enough, they would freeze solid, and then they can just be shattered by getting hit with a, sta- uh, with a staff of light. Yeah. Which is really cool.
0: It sounds like uh, a sphere or like a atmosphere of like liquid nitrogen.
1: Yeah, although it's much worse than that, honestly. Yeah, t- t- times a thousand, times a thousand, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's a pretty cool concept to me. I I, I like that detail of it that actually. Well, that's the thing, right? The Necrons don't have any link to the warp at all, right? So they essentially use science as magic. So yeah. <laughs> I love that there is actually like a physics basis in a lot of what the like what the rules are for them. I really enjoy it. So stuff like the reason it makes it cold is absorbing energy. So I just, I just found it interesting. I found it cool. I like the way that they've yeah. handled the Necron. They've really dodged all the magic shit really well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh, also Necron lords typically carry what's called a resurrection orb, which when activated, will cause all the destroyed Necron around them to form back together and begin fighting again. Ooh. Yeah. Which is a pretty bullshit fucking item to have, I would say. It's very overpowered. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a one-time use or not, though. If it's a one-time use, I suppose you could could deal with that. But if it's like infinite, I mean, how how do you win? (laughs) <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the overlords. The overlords are the ruling class, so they lead their entire faction and things like that. Uh and obviously highest quality bodies possible, just like the Silent King. And they also carry Staphsalite, because Staphselites are cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there is another type of unit that I wanted to mention, but I gave them their own section on their own, because you're you're gonna like this. They're cool. The Cryptex. Right. So these are an, a, a high class of Necron as well, right? They're up there where like, the lords and the overlords are up in that area, right? Mm. And the cryptechs are techno-sorcerers. <laughs> yeah, right? Their tech is so advanced that it is essentially magic. So okay. They use reason-defying technology to harness the fundamental forces of the universe for their own will. Okay. Yeah. So much like the, how the Mechanicus all like study one area, the Cryptics typically follow one particular school of study as well. So yeah, gonna let you know what the different or what some of the different schools are. So the first one is the Pyromancer, which I don't know why that's their name, but that's what they're called, because they are masters of psychological warfare. Apparently they can cause madness in enemy troops, but also have the ability to dematerialize and rematerialize their troops at will. Okay. Yeah, fuck knows how that happens, but yeah, crazy <laughs> bastards. Don't want to fight them. <laughs> uh, the Plasmancers are pretty cool. They are masters of raw energy. Basically, they can just kamehameha things. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. It's just straight up, wait, they just Produce a little ball of energy, yeet it, and then an atom bomb explosion goes off. Yeah,
0: I do like you putting it into Dragon Ball uh, terms it, as well. It
1: seems you like, like the right way to appeal to you, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, then we have the Chronomancers. As you might assume, they are masters of time. So they can like slow down a pocket of time around their enemy so that their enemy is just moving really slow and they can just be like, I'll just walk out the way <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're fun. Uh, also, for some reason, they also seem to have a sense of like the future in a way. Not, I don't know if it's like long term or short term, but they also apparently have like a bit of a sense of the future, which is cool. Uh, and because of that, there's like a subcategory of chronomancers, which are astromancers, which use the stars to see the future. which mm. It's quite cool. Yeah. Uh we've got Geomancers, they can change one material to another, like alchemy. They uh, you know uh Full Metal Alchemist. I've heard about it. Yeah, oh, never mind then. Um basically they can like transmute one material into another. So they could turn stone into glass, they could change like the armor plating of an enemy into something really brittle and weak, or something really flammable and set it on fire and chill it. Like that that's the kind of thing they can do. Uh, oh, okay but they also uh have the ability to cause earthquakes and things like another seismic activity. And so that's fun. <laughs> uh ether have the ability to manipulate weather so they can like make storms and floods and shit. It's probably like the least cool there like one of all of these to be honest with you. Yeah. You yeah. know. Uh, Void mancers are masters of space and black holes. No idea what the hell they can do. Nope. I can't wait to find out though. Uh, dimensionalists ma- are masters of alternate dimensions and gateways to them and back. So they can build little, like pocket dimensions and things like that, which are fun. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, there's probably a billion more of these. But these are some of the ones that I found that were the coolest that I thought I would tell you about. The Chronomancer <laughs> is absolutely my favourite, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But the the Plasmancer and his Kamehameha is also quite fun.
0: <laughs> I like them the best. Yeah, I thought you would.
1: <laughs> right. So, usually, this is the kind of point where we would go on to like notable characters from this group. But there's one random section I want to tell you about first. And that okay. is the Flare Virus. I've mentioned the flayed ones before, but I'm gonna explain it properly now. So okay. it's a virus that comes from Landu Gor, which is a katan known as the Flare, right? In his final moments before his destruction by the Necrons, he cursed the betrayers, right? It said mm-hmm. that once infected with the flare virus. A Necron will begin hearing Landu Gore's final words to those who betrayed him. And the... Right, so I've, I've got the final words here. So they'll just they'll begin hearing this in their head all the time, always, as Landu Gore speaking it. Okay. To those who are faithless and wretched in their jealousies, to those who have denied us, to those who have denied me, I will wreak vengeance. I will wrench your souls and break your bones. I will cast hunger through your accursed existence, down the eons you will not forget. I will grant you this gift from love turned aside and make you like me, break you in my image as you have broken me. I shall cast the fear of myself into you and all your kind. I am Landu Gor, I am the hunger, I am the flare. And from this moment, You shall be too. Oh, dead (laughs) bettes. Fuck you! Yes. (laughs) So soon after they start hearing that, they will be consumed by the virus, causing them to hunger for blood and gore. And once once they are consumed, they will be drawn by the smell of blood. Right? Okay. And, And once found, they will kill anything they see. And I mean in the most vicious way possible. They have claws rather than like guns running, and they just tear things apart. It is absolutely revolting. And they they then cover themselves in the blood and flesh of their enemies. So if you feel like see one wandering the streets of some random town, he will be wearing the skin of the people he killed. That's disgusting. It's revolting. It is absolutely. <laughs> one of the most disgusting things in all of 4K, I'll be honest. Thank you, Ryan.
0: I thought you started out the episode by saying you won't disgust me in this one because I, we're talking I, I about the I said it's necrons. one of the better ones.
1: Uh. That's the only <laughs> bit. Uh, and when a situation becomes dangerous, because they're not stupid, they're not deranged in their murder, you know, they can no. they have sense of like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> so when a situation gets like that, they use their claws to tear open a rift in space and time and escape back into the flare dimension. A pocket dimension only they have access to. So huh. they, these guys will just tear out of space-time in the middle of a war zone start gutting things and then disappear again like nothing happened. What? Yeah, they're fucking terrifying.
0: Oh god. Wait, so is it like they could just pop out of thin air, essentially? Yeah! Oh, that's horrifying. Like they can spawn right next to me, man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing is, while they're in the pocket dimension, they can still see the mortal plane. So they'll just follow you. If they just pick one guy they want to kill, they'll just follow them until they're not in danger anymore. Pop out and get him.
0: Oh god. Yeah. They gotta wait and they gotta wait and watch you. they gotta follow you until you sit on the bathroom. And that's when they strike. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: there, there's it's fucking horror. These are like the worst fucking people. They're definitely the worst that Necron has.
0: Yeah, I don't like them.
1: Nah, they're not. They're cool, but they're not fun. Yeah, but they sound stalkerish. Yeah, you know? I want. I want to. If I ever play uh, Warhammer, like the actual tabletop game, if I ever play it, I want to build an army of nothing but flayed ones just for a <laughs> <laughs> It's So like, I have an army, but they are disgusting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you can't do anything about it, yeah, <laughs>
1: it's like I'm not gonna win, but you're not gonna be happy either. <laughs>
0: It's like you in Warzone when you put down mines and stuff like that. At least I can take them down with me, you know. I'm not gonna win, but I'm gonna make sure they have a bad day. No, no,
1: that's my semtex strategy. When I just plant a C4 on a room when I know someone's gonna fall in, and then I just semtex myself and just like wait by the door for them, (laughs) run in, I blow up, and the C4 goes off and gets them. Uh, I do that really? with rocket launchers too I'll C4 a room if there's no grenades in it for me to like use for the other part of it and then I'll just rocket launcher the floor as they come in blow them to pieces for the C4 <laughs> uh fun times right notable Necron yeah yeah I'm down right who jinx first on the list
0: uh Maybe the guy from the intro, the quote.
1: No, it is not. That's just a random Necron pariah. Uh, hire. Oh, in the Infinite was the first one I was going to mention because we love Trays in the Infinite and his vault of crap. You know what? I'm going to find a list of the crap in his vault for you.
0: Oh, you have told me about some stuff before.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, when we covered it, I don't think we had covered very much stuff. So I think it might be a good idea to mention some of the things so that you know, because you'll understand a bit more of it now.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so, just for the sake of the episode, so Trees in the Infinite is an Necron Lord who has a I want to say fetish for collecting things and keeping them in his vault. Um, but it's to the point that it's like a meme now, and he basically just plays Pokemon when he fights because he'll go into <laughs> a battlefield and throw a bunch of little Tesseract vaults that contain things that he captured, and then makes them fight for him. So That's fun. <laughs> so, I have a list of some of the things that are in his vault. Um, so, he does have a Catan shard that apparently Trazen has called the source of his power and the crown jewel of his collection. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the preserved head of Sebastian Thor from the uh, whole Gauge vandyre incident. Yeah. Uh, the ossified husk of an enslaver. The enslavers were the first malicious uh, creatures in the warp that attacked the uh, the old ones from from inside the webway. Yeah. Uh, There's a giant man wearing baroque power armor, which I'm relatively certain is a, a thunder warrior from before the uh, the legions were actually made, like the emperor's original space marine kind of. Thing. Yeah. So that's ancient and cool. Uh We have... Oh, he has the Karnak World Spirit Shrine. So he stole, he's stolen one of the World Spirit Shrines from one of the Eldar Exodite worlds. Uh, yeah. He has a regiment of Katachan warriors, which are specialist human fighters. Uh it's got a temporal device containing the Terranid invasion of Vo- uh, Vuros, which has been sparked by Trazen himself. <laughs> so Trazen started a Terranid invasion of a planet and then captured the entire invasion in a little, like, box of time.
0: <sighs> That's
1: kind of sick. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he's got Horus Heresy era ultramarines. Uh, a Vestroyan firstborn regiment, also specialist soldiers. A uh, Lost Tanneth regiment. The Tanith regiments are specialized snipers, so they're like, incredible. Uh, salamanders that were thought lost during the Clovian disaster. I don't know what the Clovian disaster is, but so he's got salamanders in there. He's got a custode, uh custodies. He's got one of the fucking emperor's custodians. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I think the question is, Ryan, what does Dustin
1: here have? Like, that, That's a fair point. He has a troop of Harlequins. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a croc in power armor. More advanced than Astartes. What the hell? So crocs are the progenitor race for the orcs, so they're like 12 foot tall as standard? <laughs> uh... He's got a massive stock of uncorrupted Emperor's Children d- gene seed and a perfect clone of Fulgrim. No. <laughs> I want to know if it's Demon Fulgrim or Normal Fulgrim. Should a Demon, right? I don't know. I don't know if... Because Fabius Bile is the one that made it, right? Fabius Bile is uh, an Emperor's Children uh, medic who has been experimenting on them and mutating them and stuff, adding in alien parts and things like that. It was a big thing during the Horus Heresy, but he made the clones later on, and obviously traded this one to Trazin for his life. But yeah, he was the one that made the clone of Horus. Remember for the for pissing off a uh, Abaddon. Yeah, yeah. So he he cloned all of them apparently at some point or another. But I believe I would guess that he can't clone them with the powers of the warp already in them. So I think it must be normal Fulgrim, because obviously the thing that makes him a demon is one of the gods giving him some other power, and I don't know why they would do that for the clone, and I don't think that's something that Fabius Bile could like fake, I guess, for the sake of a clone. So I think either he's normal Fulgrim, or he looks like demon Fulgrim, but doesn't have the demon powers.
0: Yeah, it, either or. is yeah. still pretty cool. Yeah, I
1: would love to see... Because uh, if it, if it's normal Fulgrim, he hates all the demons and shit. Even more so than like the guys that are currently fighting them. Because one of them duped Fulgrim out of his own body. Right? So, like, as Fulgrim was possessed for ages. So, there's a good chance that if there is a perfect clone of Fulgrim out there somewhere, he is... So ready to kill the demon Primarch version of himself, and I would love to see that. I I so badly want to see Traisen go all like savior mode again, like he did on Cadia, and just like turn up while uh, while Gilliman's fighting like Demon Fulgrim, and be like, "Hey, I brought you a present." And just throws out normal Fulgrim. It's <laughs> like, "Have <"I'm> at thee." <laughs> you just have normal Fulgrim and Gilliman battle and Demon Fulgrim. <laughs> that'd be really fun (laughs) alright so yeah Treason has a vault of crap and he's very entertaining because he just turns up and steals shit yeah Uh, I like him yeah so there's a couple others I wanted to mention to you Uh, Anricar the Traveler I mentioned earlier uh, who is one of the lords that are currently running around the galaxy so he awoke from his sleep with his mind intact so no damage done or anything like that and basically just went Well, I guess we got to get rid of all this scum cattle aliens all over the place and just started sweeping across the galaxy, liberating tomb worlds and waking up the people inside. And then whenever he took one back and woke everyone up, it would be like, right, I need some troops and I need some of your equipment and then we'll continue on. You guys can do what you like. And he's just been sweeping across the galaxy doing that, waking everyone up. So, a lot of people see him as, like, an avatar of nobility against the lesser races of the galaxy now. So, he's kind of viewed as, like, a wartime hero at the moment. Yeah. Which is quite cool. Uh, And the other one I wanted to mention was Nemesor Zandrek. He is so fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's really unfortunate, because he was a great military leader, and then during his sleep, his mind was damaged... And now he believes he is still a Necron tier. He still believes he's flesh and blood, right? And he is currently fighting in one of the ancient wars of secession um, against the other houses of the Necron. So when he sees orcs and Eldar and humans and stuff, he's just like, God, why are these rebels dressing up in these weird, disgusting outfits and screaming this nonsense? What are they, deranged? <laughs> just thinks he's just fighting in a civil war against other Necron that are dressing up like orcs for a laugh. <laughs> it's like, God, you guys are all mental. Why would you dress up like this? To be fair, that sounds kind of funny. It's you know? really <laughs> funny. Um, and he has a a bodyguard called Oberon or Oberon, uh, who is like his loyal bodyguard. He had him since back before the. Bio transference and all this stuff, and he's stuck with him after they woke up. He's still protecting him, but because his mind is so faltered, the he he is like the leader of his of his line of nobility, right? He leads his entire house, but the the lords below him are starting to be like. This guy is mental. He's he's not fit to lead. We need to get rid of him. And Oberon just like every time someone talks up against uh, uh, Zandric Oberon just like makes them disappear. <laughs> so because Oberon obviously knows what's going on, he's just like protecting Xandric. Yeah. Which is just a really fun dynamic. It's just Zandrick like, God, why are you even bothering? This is all just nonsense. And like, Oberon's like, secretly killing people in the background to keep them from fucking with him. It's fun. Necron are like a a weirdly fun race, considering they sound like they should be quite dull.
0: Yeah, I mean, they don't have a soul.
1: Exactly. But, that is all I wanted to say on the Necron. Oh. Yeah. Alrighty then. Yeah, and you know what, man? Before we sign off, I'm going to tell you now. Next episode, the topic is a secret.
0: Uh, well, okay.
1: <laughs> yes, Listen, that thanks, is a hint. I guess that is absolutely a hint.
0: Oh, it's a hint. Yeah. I was about to say, oh, you, you, you. <laughs> no, I don't say that on a podcast. I just realised but...
1: <laughs> I should try and give you hints about these. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah. It's a secret. It's a secret. No, then. Righty, then. Would you like to sign us out? Sure thing.
0: All right. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Iterators of the Period Podcast. Uh, it's been me, Mes, and Ryan, and we will see you in the next one. Take care and peace. Bye.